Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by the Finding Nemo Memory Game by Hasbro. The Finding Nemo Memory Game is a fun twist on the age-old game of concentration, where you try to match up characters from the hit movie Finding Nemo by flipping over two cards at a time on the game board. Shout out to the Finding Nemo Memory Game and Hasbro. Well, shout out to Finding Nemo and Hasbro and Haley Gerbys for picking this as our patron True. pick for this lap. So thank you, Haley, for having us talk this. We will talk about Finding Nemo after the break, Joe. But first, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? I came home from visiting my parents. It was cool. I got to hang out with them. That was awesome. I wanted to sneak a trip in before the weather got bad. Yep. I was guessing, which will probably be true even by the time this comes out, that like everything's going to go back to lockdown really soon. Yeah, as of this recording, which is on Wednesday night, uh, New York City schools are all closed, I think, starting tomorrow, which would have been yesterday, if you're listening to this day comes out. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, as of tonight, when this comes out on Friday night, has a 10 p.m. curfew. Yeah, we're going back yep. to March standards very soon. I foresaw that coming. The numbers were going up. Nobody really seemed to be paying attention, so, so I got a good visit in with them. I came back. I um, just got a COVID test. I'm I, like, I don't have any symptoms or anything. I just got one for fun just to make sure that I'm all clear so that when Thanksgiving rolls around, I can see people and know that I'm safe because like we're hermits otherwise going to visit them. So, yep. but that was about it. We were listening to some book on tape as we were driving. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah. We were listening to more of I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I did some cool stuff while I was there. I um, wanted to find, like, old sports memorabilia stuff. Yep. T-shirts, but also, like, other cool stuff. So, like, when I was there, I was like, Dad, can we go to, like, um, a Goodwill or something and um, check out some stuff? Because, like, I wanted to get, like, old, like, Steelers T-shirts, right? Because I think the older ones are really cool, like those mid-'90s ones. And you and I were just talking about the retro jerseys that came out yep. for the NHL. Yep. And the other thing is, is, because I live in Connecticut, obviously none of these things are at our thrift stores, right? There's, like... Giants stuff, maybe some Jets stuff, and maybe some Patriots stuff, Yankees stuff, but like never like Pittsburgh stuff because it's donations from where you are, right? I went to there and um, I got this really, I got like a whole bunch of t-shirts and hoodies and I got some um, cool pictures that I sent you pictures of that are like just like tacky pictures you would kind of win at a fair type situation and some like glasses with Steelers logos and stuff like that and all of it was really cheap because it's at a thrift store so it's like a couple bucks each. And then when we were driving home, we stopped at something that I thought was really, really cool. Do you know what Clark bars are? Mm, Candy bar? Yeah, like the candy bar. Okay, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. The factory used to be in Pittsburgh. It's essentially like a Butterfinger, but I think better. They made them in Pittsburgh forever. They now, like, make Clark bars cups, like peanut butter cups with Clark bar pieces in them in Altoona, PA. And that company is famous for making mallow cups. Do you know what mallow cups are? Uh, the, the yellow ones? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, real real quick, shout out to patron Christian Larson. Went to Penn State Altoona for at least a year or two. So shout out to Altoona, a place oh, I would go. not yeah. know otherwise. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Good for him. So they make mellow cups and Clark bars, and we stopped by because they have like a factory outlet store as we were driving back, and I bought like two huge boxes of candy bars from them. I was eating those recently, and they're really cool. They have these things that I've never seen in a store before, which is weird. They're called Jimmy Sticks. Okay, sounds kind of weird. Is it a, a sprinkles thing? No, I yeah, I thought it was gonna be the like. I mean, that makes sense. You're you're on the right track. I mean, like you have a good guess, but it's just a pretzel rod covered with peanut butter, covered with chocolate. Okay. But it's like in like a candy bar wrapper, and they're awesome. They're so fucking good. I can't get enough of these things. So I'm sad that I didn't buy more boxes of those because. I can eat a pack of them a night. Well, then maybe maybe it's better that you didn't then for, for I, for I thought reasons. that too. You're right. I'm sure you, Rachel, and my diabetes <laughs> are all thankful that I didn't buy more boxes of those. That's what we've been doing. We watched some sports, but like other than that, that was like my fun time home stories that I was up to. Cool. I uh, Finally, the, the saga is over. I have my uh, Xbox. My new Xbox came today, which is Just very got it exciting. this morning. I don't remember yeah. at what point if it was after we recorded or not, but I got an email from Amazon because they had said originally that you're going to get one sometime this year, but it's not clear when, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
And we talked about, we definitely talked about that because it was like the pre-order yes. and whatever. Then they sent me an email saying, okay, it's going to be the end of the month to the beginning of December, which I was like, fine, that's fine, two weeks away. And then like a day or two later, it's like, hey, it's going to be here Wednesday. So I was like, oh. Um, so it very got cool. here today, which was very good. So I just transferred, I haven't played it yet. It's on right now. I'm just, you know, streaming something on mute. I transferred everything over today. Uh, I was saying to you a little bit, like, it's it's weird that there's, there's nothing really exciting out for the Xbox right now. Like if you have yeah. them, like... First of all, it's hard to find... Both of them. Either, yeah. But, like, if you can find... If you have a choice, like, right now, the better system to buy, I think, is the PS5, because there are some exclusives. But, like, I have this now. Halo's coming out, supposedly, sometime in December. It was supposed to be out now. It got delayed. So, hopefully, it's out in December. But, yeah, I'm just glad that I have it, because now I can stop refreshing Walmart.com, and I can stop, you know, worrying about things, and I just... I have it, and it's good. So, uh... My friend said that, like, the only review of my friends that already have one that got one, like, the day it came out, was that it's very heavy. It is very heavy. I'm going to send you a picture right now of of the side by side please it's just gigantic i don't know how to mm, i don't know how to like i don't know if you're gonna have like scale what's funny about it is that people have taken the pictures of it like against other consoles and apparently if you stand it upright uh which i do not have it i have it laying down just because it fits better yeah it is exactly the like you can fit a gamecube exactly on top of it like it's exactly the same like width and depth really which is strange yeah that doesn't it doesn't seem like it's anywhere close to the same size it, it it's weird hold on i'll send you that link too because it looks like it's much wider was it was it so if you click that that it's just like like the gamecube looks like a hat on top of it which is pretty funny oh okay 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 that makes way more sense i thought you were saying that they're like essentially the same size but no they're not that's really cool let me forward this to rachel she'll like this oh by the way speaking of rachel i hope you're not jealous but i was uh, texting with your wife today because i, I finally heard. opened my dom's charger lego tech Nick, the how-to guide is literally 230-something pages. Like, it's crazy. Yes, it is. I told you, yeah, it's really long. And it's, it, it's like, challenging in a way because I haven't done this before, but it's also fun. Like, it's rewarding and everything. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. What's also cool is that there's a QR code on the book, on the cover, and if you scan that with your phone or your iPad or whatever, you can download the app that is essentially the virtual version of the book, which is very nice, because I just have my iPad sitting there, I don't have to flip through the book, I have the iPad, I can tap the screen. And so I'm yeah. going through, and I finish like 12 or 15 pages, and then at one point, there's a little icon that looks like a sticker. And I yeah. text the picture to Rachel, I'm like, Rachel, what does this mean? I don't know. And she's like, oh, that's, you put, you put you put sticker number eight on that piece in that place. I was like, cool, where are the stickers? And she's like, uh, they should just be in the box. In the box. And I was yeah. like, well, they're not. I'm like, could they be in the, like, I thumbed through the manual a couple times. I was like, could they, she's like, it might be like a bookmark in there, but like, uh, it's normally just loose in the box. I was like, cool, then I don't have it. Um, so I call Lego. This guy answers. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, we'll send you a new one. He's like, it's coming from Denmark. Super so cool. it might be there in, it's going to be there in like two weeks, but it's free. So like, I don't have to pay for anything. Like you can go online and there's like some like brick builder or something like some brick box, like some after, yes. like they just buy and sell like Lego pieces. You can buy stickers or books or whatever. This is free. I just have to wait a couple of weeks. So I was you know, a little bummed because I was excited that I was finally able to, like, start it. Start it, and, like, it was coming together pretty nicely, and uh, unfortunately, uh, I, have to, I have to put it on hold, but I have, at least I have an Xbox and a PlayStation, whatever, right? But yeah, I sent a picture to Rachel. I'll send it to you, too. I'm like, it, it basically, it's basically a car. Oh, she showed me. She showed me. I it's really it. cool. Like, the, the Technic thing is really cool. It's just... I think that, like, in a solid, like, six-hour sitting eight hours sitting i think rachel could have finished it pretty easily she likes to like savor it and kind of spread it out so she did it over multiple days but the technics one was very very complicated well like what's super cool about this is like this is i guess like part of the chassis i'm not exactly sure where this is but like there's a little there's a thing that's coming out underneath and the things on the side and because of the way the gears work like you spin one and all of them spin so it's like all interconnected Mm -hmm. it's super cool so i mean this is expensive like a hundred dollars for a lego set is not nothing but i think it, it it's kind of worth it like if you're like if you have the money to spend on a thing like this like it's worth it because it it actually like does a thing like it doesn't just sit there it's like a cool no but yes it's very technical and it does have lots of moving parts and if you like run it like when you move the wheels like shit moves so yeah it's very very cool so i will report back i was just listening to a podcast today like while i had nothing to do i was listening to a podcast and um doing this and i was uh enjoying it so i hope that you know it's very calming isn't it like i find it very meditative like that's what was one of the things that i loved about legos that i didn't really know as a kid but like you can get like very very intensely focused on it and just channeling that focus and energy to this like building is nice for your brain and also 
it has very, very quick reward yeah. factors for your brain because you're seeing it come together, right? So, like, you don't have to, like, you, you know, you talk about, like, playing Spelunky, right? Like, where you see, like, the things, but you're ultimately, like, just building skills to get to the end. Yep. Where this is, like, it's coming together in front of your face. So you're like, oh, shit, like, yeah, there's a wheel, and now it's on, so. Like, it's the same thing that I loved about, I still love about doing puzzles. It's like, you can just exactly. see it. It's the, it's the zen. You can go as fast, as slow, or slow as you want chill out and this is a little bit more active i would say than the puzzle because the puzzle you can just sort of like whatever this is like okay i need to figure out what this diagram is showing me mm-hmm. what pieces i actually need how it works because mm-hmm. like it all goes together easily but like there's ones that are like you actually you have to put it in a certain way because like there's like the cross or there's a circle and whatever mm-hmm. and so um, yeah it's cool though i, I enjoy it and also the diagrams are cool because they like give you a diagram that's helpful but a little bit challenging right like they'll always give you like a weird angle that, like, you'll see, like, it needs to go in there, but you're like, how the fuck does that get in there? And then, like, you'd, like, flip everything around for a minute, and you're like, oh, okay, here, this is where it goes. I'm sorry that you have to wait and get your stickers, but... Like, you I'm don't excited. know how many times I thumbed through this book and, like, looked on the floor and looked in the box, and I'm like, maybe it's in the box now. Like, maybe I missed it in the box yeah. before. Did nope. you just open the box today, too? Yeah, because I, I had it sitting there, but, like, it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm not, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have, like, I didn't feel like a rush to do it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I was like, today, I was like, yeah, today's the day, um, and then today's <laughs> not the day. Get to the stickers and you're boned. That's so weird. I, I was convinced that you had, like, opened the box, saw the stickers, and was like, oh, I won't need these or something, and, or, like, no, dropped. Like, because the, the, the first sticker is like a, it's a sticker that says like made and produced and whatever. And I was just like, this is whatever. But like, if you look at the full thing, it's like the charger logo and or like the charger decal yeah. and like yep. the, his license yep. plate. And I'm like, oh no, like yep. that's actually important. Because for a while I was like, yes. I can just not do this. Like it's fine. And then I was like, oh no, I actually, I, I need the stickers. Yep. That's that. I also wanted to give an update about something we talk about in the back half of this episode. So we talked about how finding, or we will talk about, you'll hear how Finding Nemo won the Best Animated Picture Oscar was the first time Disney had ever won. And we're like, that seems impossible. What I found out that the Best Picture Oscar, it was something I had sort of assumed, didn't begin until 2001. And so Ah. in 2001, uh, Monsters, Inc. was nominated and lost to Shrek. And then in 2002, and Monsters, Inc., I don't think was Disney back then. That was Pixar. I think that was before, like we were also talking about it, whatever. And then 2002, Lilo and Stitch was nominated and lost to Spirited Away, the Miyazaki movie, which is one of the best Uh. animated movies of all time. And so it was one of those where it's like, it has to be, it has to be that because if it's not that, something went terribly wrong, right? But <laughs> yeah, it makes so much more sense now. Is there yes, anything else that call. I've done lately? Let me just see if there's. I started playing The Last of Us again on PS4, cool. which is great. I'm amazed. I guess maybe I shouldn't. Are be you amazed. playing on PS5? I'm playing. Yeah, the PS4 game on PS5. Yes. Okay. It's basically the same thing. I think the controller is nicer, but it's basically the same experience. It's amazing to me how many stories are about pandemics that I never really thought about yeah. until we are in one but like that yes. is about it which I sort of talked about before when I talked about the game there I watched last night the Muse concert film the band Muse had the concert film simulation theory which is about a pandemic and about the government lying to us about the pandemic because they're all conspiracy Ugh. theory whatever and then there was something else where I was like oh I'm watching the show Medical Police on Netflix now which is the children's hospital spinoff like mm. that's also about a pandemic too I'm like what the fuck like how I guess like I can't escape this it, yeah I'm not like upset about it because like there's I, I I'm sure that some people are, like I don't want like I don't mind that but just like I can't believe how often it comes up in like everyday things right so it's just crazy yeah it's funny because when pandemic started you and I were talking like oh man there's gonna be like so much pandemic media coming out because like that's what people are gonna think about and it's like oh no there was a fuck ton of pandemic media but it just didn't mean anything to us until now yeah. But now we can't get away. It's all, it's part of our fabric of our DNA. Literally. We have a Patreon page here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to, we'll put her first, Haley Gerby's here for sponsoring this episode. Cassie Ooh. Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon- Montez. Yes. For supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so very much. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you. If you want to pick movies for us to watch, if you want early access to things, if you want access to the quiz, which we're going to actually probably make public fairly soon because we are now... Um, Near the end. We're, you know, this is the, the minute that we talk about today is the end of the movie, so it'll be the final quiz question plural, maybe, that we're going to do. Too fast, too forever.com for that, but keep us over there. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me and Joe. We've got four emails today. Okay. First up, from Justin Kleinman, subject line, Superhorn 
explanation. <laughs> Superhorn continued. I was telling my dad about it because I saw his camper finally. I, I told Justin this, and I, maybe I mentioned it on here too, but like my dad recently bought a camper, and I saw his when I went to go visit, and I was explaining the Superhorn to him. And he was laughing and was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like, I would love one of those. <laughs> and you're like, okay. So here's the explanation. Here's what basically the button explanation. So this, this gives okay. some more background to what we were talking about. Please. So I'm curious. The Superhorn is 24 pre-programmed songs, which you use the slider toggles at the bottom to choose. All the rest mm-hmm. of the buttons are for programming your own songs. Each what? one is a note of the C scale. Sadly, we can't get them all to work. Anyway, it's still pretty fun to play on it when people are around. I think it just sounds like an ice cream truck. It does, and that's really cool. And and Justin and his son are both musical. Like, oh man, I wish the rest of it would work because then you guys could write your own like some wacky new like wap on your super horn. You could in turn MIDI. Hank's two piece band into a three piece band, and it's just you in the on the <laughs> RV on the super horn. Yeah, you drive them to their gig, and you just dun dun like on the super horn. That would be awesome. Yeah. I like it. Next email from Alex Ellen and subject line Sung Kang. Any chance to plug the smoking tire? I'll do it. Eleven Seventeen's episode had Sung Kang as the guest. This is a podcast he's written into us about before. Oh, the smoking okay. tire is. Matt and Zach sit down with automotive icons, pro drivers, comedians, and other friends to discuss automotive industry news, racing, projects, and whatever else comes to mind. And Sung Kang is the most recent episode. Two-hour episode. So if you want two hours of Sung Kang, check it out. The Smoking Time. I would always want two hours of Sung Kang, to be honest with you. Alex also writes in separate email, Turbo. I'm glad you guys enjoyed Turbo. This is one of the ones where I'm not trying to make you watch a terrible movie. Don't worry that's coming. <laughs> I watched this one on a random Friday night. I was getting drunk at home alone and was very pleasantly surprised. I actively watched the whole thing, which almost never happens, and I really enjoyed it. Once the theme was announced, I ran to Emrod's IMDb page, and once I saw this and confirmed it was the movie I thought it was, I knew I found my pick. It's short, it's fun, and it hits just right. It does. You're absolutely right, dude. It was such a pleasant surprise for me. Um, so thank you. Yeah. It was great. I, I think everybody else that listens to this should watch it just because it's a fun... I think that you guys would like it, so... And it's available on Netflix, right? So it's... it's... We watched it. I think we watched it on... Yeah, because Netflix has that and the show, too. Yes. That's right. I watched it on Netflix. Yep. yep. And because I was... I knew that they were both this week, or both, so if you want to watch Nemo, that's on Disney+, Plus, and this is on Netflix. Netflix. So yeah, or Turbo yep. was on Netflix. Yeah. So thank you, Alex. And our final email, Joe, from a new listener... Michael McGann, subject well, line, welcome aboard, brother, appreciates brother. Come on. a fine podcast regardless of its make. Ooh. Hey fam, hope all is well. My name is Michael and I just wanted to reach out to you and thank you for making such a fantastic and enjoyable podcast. I've been on a hard binge after discovering it just over a month ago and I can honestly say it's my favorite podcast to date. Wow. High compliments. High compliments. You guys are you're too nice sometimes. Seriously. Back toward the end of September, my wife and I were watching Fast and Furious 6 and she was swooning over her dream girl Michelle Rodriguez mm. and tweeted about how she was her 2000s girl crush. A few hours later, she got a reply, boy do we have a podcast podcast for you from Too Fast Too Forever. She apparently hit that like button, took a screenshot, and sent it to me as I'm a huge fan of these movies. So I looked, and she, her, his wife is Glitter Goth at Mutiny Kitty. She said, hello, Michelle Rodriguez is my 2000s girl crush. Goodbye. Both of a podcast for you. As far as I can tell... That I, seems like a Rachel. I think it was a Rachel. Holy shit, we've never hit that one before. We've never gotten Congrats an email. Congrats to Rachel. Yeah, you got an email out of a tweet you sent. Because this was on a Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon. So yeah, this was not a Wednesday evening. So this is a Saturday. I just said, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Bitly, Too Fast, Too Forever. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Shout out, Rachel. Cool. So he obviously knows the game now, too. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and he writes about that. I've been listening ever since, starting with episode one, and I've powered through, as of this email, the end of lap three, Tokyo Drift, part one. I've downloaded the second and third episodes from Brian's and Mike's podcast. Oh, cool. And I can't wait to get a high school perspective on the movie. Love the game. This ain't no 10-second race, and I'm so glad you guys are still keeping it going, or else I would not have been able to find this and join this family. (sighs) See, it works. Wow. It took hundreds and hundreds of attempts, but we finally got it to work. (laughs) It, like one. one how many epi- like 150 episodes deep and this was one not even for the game nope. like this is just oh man wow just but it worked yeah i'm glad that it finally worked because we do think honestly 
the tweets that we find, this is probably a podcast for you, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to you guys lap after lap until I'm all caught up and listening, quote, in real time when episodes are released instead of, quote, living in the past. Anyways, I got to run. The crust has been all cut off my tuna sandwich, and I got to chow down. Oof. Stay furious, my friends. Michael. Well, shout out, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And shout Welcome out to board. Glittergoth, I... his wife, for yes. getting him here, I guess, right? Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's going to be months later, but... Here's your email, bud. (laughs) Thanks. From one wife to another, from Rachel to your wife. Yeah. Right? And that was a cool connection, too. Like, she just handed it off to him, and look, we have a new bro already. That's awesome. Very, very cool. cool. And that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, send us an email and let us know what's going on. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. All right, Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news. Anything that you have seen since we last spoke? No, nothing like new and pressing because we, we did all the, the Bloodshot news, the um, Scorpion King news. We said that Fast 9 is done officially. Yep. So there are two things. One is a minor update to a thing we talked about last episode. What? So we talked about how Wonder Woman might hit HBO Max two weeks after it comes out in theaters. Yes. Now yeah, there's a rumor that, yeah. that it might just hit theaters on Christmas Day, the, the new rumors that's going to hit theaters and HBO Max on Christmas Day and just make it, you know, the the movie event One of the release. season. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we wanted. And what we said, like, that's the way to do it. If you want eyes, yep. that's how you're going to do it. Which is pretty cool. I hope so. I mean, you know, obviously we want more Giselle and more Giselle content in general. And, obviously. You know, more obviously. Gal Gadot. But also, I want to see Wonder Woman. So it'd be pretty cool to see it on Christmas Day or around Christmas Day at least, right? So I'll probably make an effort to binge all the DC ones leading up to Wonder Woman then. You don't even need to. I mean, I don't know what this new one is, but like you don't need to really. You can, but you don't have to. Like they're all kind of standalone-ish. There's the Justice League movie, but Zack Snyder is recutting that for HBO Max. Well, the Snyder Cut's never coming out. Isn't that the joke? No, it is. I know, but isn't the joke that like... Yeah, but no, it is. it's finally is coming out um, next year. They're going to do like a four-part miniseries of some kind on what? HBO Max. Instead of a movie, it's going to be like sort of like TV episodes of a TV show or something. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that works. The other news, this is more appropriate and more applicable to us. I did not share this with you because I want to save the conversation what? for here. So okay. we talked a while back about how Universal had made a deal with AMC that a movie could hit theaters and then hit VOD 17 days later. And so it was going to be some kind of back end of AMC was going to get a cut of the VOD that you know, Universal was going to get the double dip that they could have the early thing in theaters. They could stay in theaters. Then they'd also get the VOD money, the premium VOD money pretty early, whatever. There's a new deal. So they just, Universal just signed a deal with Cinemark that now also applies to AMC. Why? Did Cinemark buy AMC or something? No, but they didn't have a deal in place with Cinemark. This deal that Universal had made earlier this year was just with AMC, so this is just like to secure another movie chain or whatever. But this new deal also applies to AMC, and this is kind of, it's less good for us. So the new deal, which applies to both, is that if a movie, a movie still can hit theaters after 17 days or whatever, but if a movie makes $50 million its opening weekend, it'll have 31 days of theatrical exclusivity. Well, that's not going to happen in the middle of the pandemic, so it doesn't really matter to us. But $50 is not a ton. It's a lot more than 10 people in a movie theater at a time. I wonder what it... Tenet did. Hang on, let's see here. Deme- oh, domestic only made $56 million in total. Okay. Is it worldwide or domestic? The $50 million or whatever, that is uh, first weekend. Um, so it would have to be have a pretty, That's what I'm pretty big weekend. Domestic opening made $20 million. Yeah, logistically, just people-wise, with like, you know, COVID orders of like maximum capacities and stuff like that, I can't see it happening. Just like size of theaters-wise, you know what I mean? Like, because how many people can you really fit in a theater to hit $50 million? And how many people are going to go? That's like $50 million of people that are willing to go anyways, so. I think, you know, by the end of May... With two vaccines now out, both at 95% efficiency, like if that's widely yep. distributed by then, it might be a different story. Hopefully it's Summer, a different story. Summer, yes. But, Summer, hopefully, yes. Because that's still yes. six months away from now, right? So there's still a, yeah. a while, but... April, May, when it starts to get warm again, this is finally going to be done. Like vaccine, warmth, a shutdown of winter, it, it's going to be okay. That's what I'm praying. Hopefully. We'll hopefully. find out. So that's all the news that I have. It's it's not quite Fast and Furious. I mean, that latter one is kind of Fast and Furious, but uh, it impacts our ability to see the movie infinite times as soon as it comes out, right? We'll have to go see it in theaters yeah. or whatever, but 
you know, we'll figure that out. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it in May. What if, what if like the only reason that you and I get a vaccine is so we can go to see Fast and Furious in theaters? Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I mean, I want a vaccine either way, but like, I don't yeah. see myself going to a theater unless I like, quote unquote, have to, which would be for this, right? So we never would really have to go, but like, I think by May when stuff calms down and the vaccine's out, it'll be like, okay, yeah, we can go have a family watch party like we normally do. I'm sure all of our friends will be. I mean, what would be really cool, the best of both worlds, is if they still have the private theater rental by then. Ooh, shit. You're so right. Say it's like $500, right? It's like, okay, um, we'll just take, you know, half a year of Patreon and just, you know, that's the movie. No. Beyond that, like, we could just, like, all of our friends would be like, okay, here's $15 a ticket. It's true. And there's 20 of us. Yep. There it is. Cool. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of things in play here. We'll see how that goes. But we got got nothing but time between now and May 29th, I think, right? Whenever Memorial Day is. So uh, hopefully, hopefully things are better by then. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Amen. All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break and talk about that little fish Final. under the sea is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 107, the minute I called the end. I could also call it Our Journey Ends, because I said Our Journey Begins, but Our Journey doesn't really end here. Our Journey just kind of is the end of the first movie. Like, we got still more, we still got more, so. End scene. <laughs> end scene. my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. In this minute, the sun rises on Baja, Mexico. Dom, in a red muscle car, speeds through town, then out into the desert. Simple. That's it. That's it. In my head, I was thinking there was more to this scene, uh, but just no. driving and you know he's in Baja Mexico we see that from the lower third he's in a dark blue shirt or a black shirt he's got one line of dialogue that you just heard he's driving a Chevelle which I almost got right which I was very impressed that I almost got myself you were very, right very very close yeah you said a Camaro that's not too far off buddy I knew the SS but what did you see I know that you were going deep into uh, Spanish culture and lore <laughs> trying to find out where we were but what did you learn in this minute Dom is driving down this street yep and there's a bunch of, uh, like, taquerias behind him, right? It's, like, water on one side, taquerias on the other. I was trying to find this place by the names of the signs, right? Because that's what I was writing down all the signs and trying to find the names of these places. I'm searching for Mauricicos Conchitas, okay? Like, that's what the name of this place is. Well, this website that you linked is very crazy. Just like oh, it looks yeah. like it was built in like 2002, which it might have been. It it really was. So oh, the site was on the web since January 19, 2005, and copyright 2008. So it's no newer than 2008. But yes, okay, go ahead. So I find the the restaurants, but I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not realizing which words I'm searching for, like Lancheria La Playa. I'm thinking that these are the names of the restaurants. They're not distinct names. It's just like that means beach like restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like it's food shack. Yep. It's literally food shack. Marisco's is seafood, right? Okay. So, so I'm searching for like seafood shack in Baja, Mexico, and Google's like, "Go fuck yourself!" Like, there's no way you could like. It's just like not helpful, and I'm like, "Why can't I find any of these places?" I see the signs, like I I can read them. It's not like I was like getting the letters wrong or something. I eventually figure out what I was doing, and this is a row of taquerias. On the street, I I got it in the Google Maps now. In Baja. In Baja, Mexico. And it's called Fish Taco Row. And it's like all of these taquerias that you can get fish tacos at all in one row. It looks fucking awesome. I found the two restaurants that Dom drives by. And I found, like you said, 2008 at the newest reviews of the restaurants with very awesome. You saw the pictures yep. and stuff, right? Like this guy like went and like did like a deep review of these restaurants of what he got there, how much everything cost, pictures of the inside, pictures of the outside. They're excellent. So I was like, cool. Added the signs. And um, that was my fun story of not being able to speak Spanish. <laughs> I also did find it. I eventually found it on Google Maps once I knew that I was being an idiot. It looks like it's been built up a little bit since he drove through. Like it looks like they paved the road at least. It looks like they paved the road 
road a little bit at least. Some of the signs are a little bit newer. They, you know, changed a name or two. But for the most part, it's it's similar, right? It's like any beach drive, but without a boardwalk, right? Yep. I think that um, when we do our tour, our official first movie our tour. Our global tour. No, our, like, you know, if we do like a first movie oh, tour okay. where we go to California, I think we have to hit here. Go to... Baja Fresh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Baja Fresh and get some uh, fish tacos. And we could eat at both of these places and report back. Yeah. What do you think? Cool. I'm down. Can we get shrimp and I, I can pay for my own shrimp? Sure. I think that we have to get that at the uh, place on the PCH, though. So Neptune's Net, yeah. 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 But I'm saying, like, we should get we should go into this and be like, can I have shrimp tacos? And they'll be like, yeah, that's $3. And be like, I can pay for my own shrimp. And, and they'll be like, like get the fuck out. Just, we, you know. <laughs> yes. Stop, stupid white gringos. Boys. Yep, <laughs> gringos leave. Yep. Okay, so I've got two different trivia questions here. I think at the end we got one that's okay. a it's a play on the last trivia question we had. So the last one we had at the end of the movie proper was what is the final line of dialogue in the Fast and the Furious before the credits, which was I owe you a ten second car, right? Yes. Here I think we should do what's the final line spoken in the Fast and the Furious, which we could do still I owe you a ten second car. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. The right answer for those ten seconds or less I'm free or I'm in love with Brian O'Connor and Forever in His Debt. Can we can we change the Forever in His Debt to his eyes are really dreamy? Okay. Not to, because not of to his teeth. And then the blue is blue in parentheses. Beautiful blue. Because it's very clearly not the right answer anyway, so why not? Yeah, exactly. So then I think we should do what kind of car does Dom drive through Mexico in the post-credit scene? So we have the Chevy SS, the Chevelle SS. The Chevelle SS, we yeah. We could do the Dodge Charger. Dodge Charger for sure. Uh, we could do, what's the car that Brian gives him at the end of the movie? That's uh, Brian Supra. So, uh, Toyota Supra. Toyota Supra. And we need one more. The Mazda RX-7, which is his other car okay. that he drives in the beginning of the movie. That's also red, too, so that's a little good, tricky question. Are there any other questions you think that we should do? Because, I mean, this is going to be the end of the no. quiz. Because we're going to talk about, on the next few episodes, the deleted scenes and the bonus content. We're going to work our way into the turbocharged prelude. But this is the last question, I think, for this specifically. So this will be the end of the quiz. But are there any other questions yeah. that you want to ask about this uh, minute in particular no i don't think th- and i think you're 100 percent right to like take like a little bit of a turn that like you can't really we can't ask questions about the deleted scenes right because no. it's not like part of the movie so are there yeah, any we're gonna talk about the movie wide questions that you think we should ask for the quiz right now yeah mm, no no we did it by minute by minute i mean i don't think we would have missed much i want to take the quiz again now that it's finished Maybe I'll add. Maybe I'll think of some while I'm taking it. At some point, we're going to do an episode. It's not on the schedule yet. But that we're going to go. I think maybe after we do the deleted scenes, we have to figure out if we're going to do the deleted scenes scene by scene or minute by minute. I feel like it has to be minute by minute, but we'll figure out. Or maybe we can do. I don't know. We'll figure out. We'll go scene by. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But after we're done with that, we can go through. I want to go through again and do that kind of like rewatch of the movie and go through the minutes and see if there's anything we missed, and then we can officially publish the quiz. To to the public but i'm 100 with you yep but as of right now the quiz is going to be done so if you want to check it out too fast too forever.com it's linked a couple times i think i don't know if it's in the pinned post or not but if you need the link just email us or facebook us or whatever and we'll get you a link but it is now officially complete uh we have 113 Ooh. questions for the 107 minutes in the movie so pretty cool pretty solid pretty in-depth yeah that's nuts very diff- very difficult. I'm very excited to see the quiz, like see what I get on it now. <sighs> yeah, I feel like we should take the quiz together whenever we do that episode, but I don't know. Oh, you mean like side by side and we can do it or just do it right before we do it? We got to figure it out. Like I, I like I just don't think that like you should just do it tonight just like when you like when we're done with the podcast. Uh, to be honest, I don't have the link to it anyway, so <laughs> like I'm sure I have it somewhere, but like I don't have it, so I'm at your mercy to get it anyways. Yeah, I think before the recap relap we could like both do it that day or something all right any other thoughts about this minute or anything or should we take a break and talk about finding nemo i did like the end minute the final credit scene is cool though i always forget that it exists well not now but when i first watched the movie i i think i missed it a bunch of times yeah. so all right joe let's take a break and let us hear wes's interlude theme or commercial theme Ooh. and we'll come right back to talk about finding nemo Too 
This is episode number 145, Finding Nemo. This episode is brought to you by the Finding Nemo Memory Game by Hasbro. Shout out to the Finding Nemo Memory Game. Well, shout out to Finding Nemo Memory Game, and welcome to the back half of Animation Week here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Shout out to Haley Gerbys for picking this one from her backyard, from Australia, from Down Under. Oh, yeah. This is Pixar's, I think, first movie that did not take place in America, I think. I, I was thinking, you know, while watching this movie that, like, the episode could be, like, 45 seconds long. It's just like, yeah, the movie's great. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, it's a great movie. Like, there's nothing, you know, it's just, yeah, it's great. I don't mean that, like, that there's nothing to talk about because there is, but it's also like a, yeah, Finding Nemo's great. Like, it's a great movie. Thank you. Like, that's, you know, thank, <laughs> thank you for having us watch it again, right? Like, that's, you know, there's there's a version of this world where it's like, yeah, that's, that's what we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> there is. I haven't seen this movie since I saw it in theaters. I have lots of personal problems watching Pixar movies sometimes because I find them super depressing. Sure, yeah. I've never seen Up. I've never seen a lot of these and Rachel gets upset with me. Never seen Wally either. Wally's actually not too depressing. I mean, considering it, it's about mankind, the end of mankind because we've all like killed the planet and everything. Like other than that, like compared to <laughs> Up, like where in the first 10 minutes of Up it's like the most gut-wrenching thing in a movie ever. Uh, yeah. Wally's not that bad. This one, you know, like many Pixar movies, opens with the death of a parent, right? So, yeah, pretty cool. Thanks, Pixar. <laughs> as great as Finding Nemo is, I get so emotionally drawn in and drained by watching these movies that I often can't watch them. So I saw this movie in theaters in 03. I haven't seen it since. I had the same emotional response to it this time. This is fucking heart-wrenching. I mean, granted, they tie it up in a nice bow for you at the end. Everything's okay. Nothing, nothing really bad. Well, I mean, the mom dies immediately. But it's a happy ending. They give you a happy ending. But even still, the whole movie is, like, so down for me. <laughs> As great as it is, I'm just like, can we please just help him find his son, please, like, sooner? Just make this happen faster. Like, I know that this is essentially, the, what I'm about to say is kind of Fate of the Furious a little bit, but this feels like a how far would Dominic Toretto go to get baby Brian back? I had the exact same thought. Baby Brian is on the plane and stuff, like, Dom will do anything to get him back, and that that's exactly what I was thinking watching this movie. The story of this, you know, hunting all over the place for your lost child could be kind of a nice way that the franchise effectively ends, where it's like, how far will Dom go to protect his family? Like, we know that family is a big deal, and, you know, that he's done this already once for his kid, but, like, Marlin is traveling the ocean to find Nemo, wherever he may be, Across right? Across his so. globe, yeah, facing every fear that he has to make sure that his son is safe and returned home to him. As I was watching this, I, d I didn't have too many fast connections, especially because we're coming from Turbo, right? That there's like a lot of fast connections. But I but I saw some things. We start out after the, you know, gut-wrenching Pixar beginning, opening. We see that Marlin's taking Nemo to school and he's really worried about it. And he shows up to school and the other guys see him and they're like, oh, you're a clownfish. You must be really funny. He starts to tell this joke, but he flubs it. What would have happened in Finding Nemo if somehow this joke was about no knees Denise? And would it not make so much sense to have it in an underwater movie with like octopus and stuff that don't have knees that Denise would have been like a weird octopus and I was trying to think of a punchline for that joke and I couldn't get it. My brain did not go there at all but I'm <laughs> glad that I guess you did. I don't that's a that's a wild thing that goes on it's there. Channeling but... Wells. But in that sense because Marlin is the clownfish although the personalities aren't the same if we were to reshoot this and Marlin was a funny clownfish would he not have to be Roman? I guess so. I mean, Roman, you know, I feel like the tide is turning on Roman. I, my tide has turned on Roman already. I guess Roman is the clown for sure. Did you recognize, I mean, I don't know how much uh, you looked at the voices or anything like that, but did you recognize the the guy who plays Marlin? No, I, I used the nice website that um, Kevo found for us behind the voice actors. Amazingly helpful. Again, mm -hmm. if I can't pitch that enough. I had to look up some of them, but I didn't, I didn't recognize who... Um, Marlon was. Who is Marlon? So Marlon is Albert Brooks, who's very famous, but he is noteworthy to us and not to this podcast yet, but eventually at some point. Uh, he plays essentially the villain in Drive. He plays the guy that is uh, oh. Gosling's benefactor. I don't remember him in Drive at all. He's the guy who, like, uh, spoilers for Drive, but he's the guy who murders Brian Cranston. Drive is one of those movies that, like, I watch 
and it's beautiful and I love it. I get so consumed by the the cinematography that if you had to have me describe what the movie was about, I, I would just be like Ryan Gosling in a car with a jacket. And I've seen it and I really enjoy it and like I pay attention to it, but I just get even only Goss forgives too. Like I remember a couple scenes of it, but like overall I can't remember what the movie's about. That's a bizarre movie. I think Drive is a much more straightforward movie in terms of what it's about. But I'm saying cinematography wise, because it's the same guy, right? Directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, sure. And I love his movies, but they just like they really consume me in a different, weird way that like fucks with my sensory I get a lot of sensory overload from them and I lose what the plot of the movie is so I'm sure if you if you use that other site you uh, saw the Rachel Nection in this movie I did she told me about it so this is her first this is Allison Janney Rachel's cousin Allison mm-hmm. Janney's first ever animated movie which is Ooh, I guess I didn't know that big deal there were also multiple bits of, so there's like 230 bits of trivia on IMDb about this movie most of which does not apply to us in this movie all the fish that Nemo winds up at a dentist's office in the dentist's office uh, in the tank. tank it's like all these fish are experts at root canals and all things dental because they just watch these things all day and I thought that was very very funny what Allison Janney is probably best known for the West Wing her character CJ had a root canal at some point um, mm. and so her talking about a root canal like I haven't seen that show lower on IMDb like a less interesting like less upvoted thing maybe saying it was like a hilarious root canal like I don't understand like maybe she was like on painkillers I don't know but like apparently this is a very memorable episode and so it's kind of a coincidence maybe I don't know unclear just I, I made note of that only in particular because of uh, Alice and Janie I don't know that there are a ton of fast actions there are sort of connections to other things there is go ahead but uh what you got what do you find here fast action wise anything of note somebody is either in the tank or nemo's hiding in the like you know the, the old man scuba suit tank and i was just thinking point break can't be locked in a cage man oh this is all very point breaky like the whole surfer vibe of everything and like the turtles yes like, okay squirt here will now give you a rundown on proper exiting technique Well, I was saying that as very Point Break, our predecessor, in terms of, you know, because that inspired uh, Fast and Furious, or yes. uh, modeled Fast and Furious after that. Considering this takes place in and around Sydney, very lost as well, in oh, that uh, a lot yeah. of the, you know, things going on in Sydney. Pretty appropriate to our, our current lap of Lost Season 2. True. I watched a new episode of Lost the other day. I'm trying to take them kind of slow. I mean, well, with sports and stuff, I was doing other stuff, but I watched, I was continuing along watched another episode of Lost the other day, so... Cool. My big thing was about Dom, how far he would go to get Brian back. Could we book in the series like this, like when Brian is like a teenager, say, or like eight years old or whatever? Because this is also kind of Taken-ish, and I was wondering if like, uh, you know, Dom would do that kind of thing where it's uh, how far would you go? What would you do to get the, you know, the person who means the most to you? Because the movie, like we talked about, begins with unspeakable tragedy where his wife dies and also 399 of their 400 soon-to-be children. It's just like, oh boy, that's brutal. What in this film reminded me most of Fast and the Furious race? And I think that the first one has to be the, like, jellyfish game, right, that he plays with Dory. Like, as you know, go over, what did he call it? Like, not the abyss, the the trench. They go over it, and all the jellyfish are there. He knows that Dory doesn't know what's going on, and she won't remember, you know, getting stung. So he's like, you know, like, let's make a game to get to the end of it. And I was like, oh, this is, like, the, the closest thing we get to a real race here we get the scene with like the turtles and the the current and i was thinking like that also kind of seems like a race but they're all kind of just like gliding along so i was i was trying to find like where a good race would be here yeah like it's kind of a race against the clock and there's urgency but there's never really like a a direct race like i guess the closest thing to a race and it's not even like a race is that like when darby right darby darla darby at the end like when she's about to show up like there's a real race against the clock but it's not there's no vehicles at play right so it's like there's urgency but there's not actual like transportation getting from point a to point b just a lot of swimming. Like it's a road movie, kind of, but just underwater. Maybe in the beginning, when Nemo 
phone as friends are, you know, doing the like, I dare you to go further. Sure. Yep. Maybe that is kind of, but it's not, it's not really like a race to who can get there first. It's like, you know, who can cross this line. I really wish we got more of a shot where, you know, we, we get, we hear that all pipes lead to the ocean, right? All roads lead home. I know it's kind of bleak even in a movie like this, but I was hoping we would get a like a Fast and the Furious through the engine shot, like we even got in Turbo, Nemo going down the drain and then like going through the pipes and winding up at the sewage thing, right? Sure. Like we get like a little bit of that, but not I wanted it to feel more Fast and the Furious esque, like when you see like the Nas shot go through the engine and you follow it. Yeah, what's the ocean oceanic equivalent not oceanic airlines, but just the ocean equivalent of Nas? I think it has to be the current, right? That's what I was thinking. Yes. Cause like what else would you do? Like it's like it's like a it's a current. Yeah. That's also like drafting kind of too, right? Like it's drafting a... in cars, yep, it's yeah, exactly like NASCAR. So. One thing that was very Fast and furious but and we, we actually haven't seen yet, we had a submarine, mm-hmm. but we did not have underwater mines. Mm. Like, we've used the torpedo, which they have in this, you know, when he, like, shoots the torpedo at the sharks, but we don't get those, like, floating underwater mines, and that will be a lot of fun in Fast and the Furious. Sure. Having to navigate one of those. This could be, like, another, like, you know, Roman moment, like, what are these? And then he, like, taps one with his finger, you know, or something, everybody's like, no, don't do it. And also reminiscent of, like, the TNT and Lost, too. You got some arsed on you. Yeah, exactly. In terms of fast connections, in terms of, like, the greater, the the broader picture here, it is kind of like a found family. So we have, you know, like, I think that's also probably true of a lot of movies, but it's, you know, it's Nemo's tank mates, his uh, aquarium mates, uh, yes. which I, the fact that Willem Dafoe is in a kid's movie is like baffling. Like, I just love that <laughs> so agree. much that he is like the epitome of evil in Wild at Heart uh, as Bobby Peru. Like, there are so many movies where he just plays like, unhinged antichrist. Like, it's just movies where it's just like, oh, my God, like you are a literal nightmare. And I can just imagine kids like being like, oh, I love that fish, mommy. Like, what other movies has he been? Like, you can't watch anything else he's ever done. <laughs> This is yep. not one that you can be in because, you know, just Mount Wanahaka Lugi or whatever, this is as, this is as close as we're getting to the rest of his, his filmography because, boy, oh boy, Willem Dafoe and kids generally don't mix. I wish it, it kind of looked more like him, but... I mean, he's got a scar, which is, like, sort of harrowing enough as it is, right? Yeah, that is. But, I mean, like, can you imagine if he was just, like, William Willem Dafoe terrifying, you know? like Jesus Christ, yeah, I know. Just, like, Green Goblin, like, he just looked just like him or something. It's not... It's it's a it's a reference that I made before, but it's not a fast connection as much as a memento connection. But when she sees when Dory at the end meets up with Nemo after she gets separated from Marlin and sees the word Sydney is trying to remember like who that is, where that is, what why she's why this all rings a bell, right? P. Sherman, forty two, Wally B. Way, Sydney, whatever. There is that moment at the end of Memento where he realizes like, oh, I've been you know lying to myself this entire time or whatever. So kind of similar in that regard where it's like, oh, like this short term memory loss that this one issue that we all have together in the memory loss lap it's more like that than i think anything else than that we've done this does have a lot of memento vibes like with the dory situation going on and like why do i remember this because we're talking about memory loss and because we know letty has memory loss trying to make connections from dory to letty but they're just such opposite characters yep dory is like the antithesis of a letty character yeah right well because this is also the first time that a character's ever been written for ellen um and so i can't imagine you know people being less alike than michelle rodriguez and ellen degeneres right <laughs> yeah right i have a question for you so if you'll remember and i don't know if you're going to remember so i'm going to re- i'm going to refresh your memory at the end of the first toy story movie buzz and woody or at least woody has been captured by andy's next door neighbor sid you know that creepy kid yes and so at the end of the movie all the toys come back to life surround him and they walk at him it's like all these like horrifying contraptions and like amalgamations that he's made have yes. like come to life and they're all coming after him so would you be more freaked out by that or by you're in an aquarium and you're scooping a fish out to give it to your niece for her birthday, all the other fish in the tank then swim in the net and swim downward with such force that like it comes out of your hand. Like that's gotta be 
incredibly jarring. That has to be pretty jarring, but I think animals are smart, and I never seem to be less amazed by animals and the things that they can do in groupings. Like I said, we watch a lot of Planet Earth, so I find them very fascinating, and as, like, you know, a biologist and somebody that's, you know, studied some behavioral science, I would think that that wouldn't be as nearly as jarring as toys coming at you that are reanimated because i'd be like oh these fish are just really fucking smart because you know you see like evolutionary theory things and like animals adapt and overcome all the time yeah i think the toy is for sure like i don't think it's even a question but i was just watching and i'm like that would be like it would freak me up be like wait the, yes the fish the fish know what's because like the whole joke of this movie or like the, the premise of the Dory character is the idea that goldfish only have a three second attention span. And so, you know, she can't remember anything, whatever. She doesn't even remember who she's talking to. To have that one thought in your head, fish are dumb. Fish can't remember anything. They're just there. Mm -hmm. They just are looking at themselves and they forget everything else. Then to be scooping a fish out and then have all the other fish be like, no, like, I know what's going on. You're not taking our new friend from us. Be like, wait, what is, like, what is going on? Like, is this, do they know what's up? And like, obviously like toys coming to life wanting to murder me. That's more terrifying and scary and whatever. But like, yeah. Uh, this is also really weird. I give animals the benefit of the doubt for the most part. I think that they're a lot smarter than we we let on to be. There are some definitely some dumb ones. I watch videos of animals doing incredible shit, and I'm like, you guys know way too much. I like my cats have conditioned us that we just like live in their world. I'm sure that you can relate to this. Your cat can convince you to do things for it all the time. Like, how did you condition me to do this? Like, you you've trained me to do things. A couple other not fast connections at all but just movie references so there's the here's brucie where bruce the shark where it's the shining reference yes Uh, yes i don't know do you know what the shark named bruce is a reference to no i'm not sure when they were filming jaws uh steven spielberg Uh. named the animatronic shark nicknamed that bruce and so bruce was a thing on there Uh. so Bruce the shark is a reference to Jaws, which is pretty cool. And then also when Darla shows up for the first time, like in person at the dentist's office, uh, they have the psycho music playing, which is pretty just cool. Like it's just like oh, all that these kind cool. of classic horror movies and classic, just classic film in general. But just, uh, you know, in a rated G Pixar film, it's like, yeah, this is, it's never, it's, there's no doubt that Pixar knows its shit, but it's also like, yeah, this, these are just like cool, cool references and cool things to be making note of. Post 2000s animation films that I feel like a lot more of these pop culture references, Easter eggs for adults were starting to be put into animations. And this is like one of the reasons why I would enjoy watching Spongebob so much with my sister is because Spongebob had like a lot of adult mature themes in it that would be masked behind animation. So I always appreciate when we get like little references like this. Like in Turbo, we got the does he look like a bitch quote from Samuel L. Jackson type things. And You're definitely right, but I think that those have always been an animation. I think that it's just that since 2000, you've been personally more aware that they've been happening. Mm, Because like if you go back and you watch like Rocco's Modern Life, like there are such like Oh yeah. And Stimpy and stuff like that. Like that's, you know, 90s, like late 80s, early 90s, whatever. Criticisms and critiques and satires and references to all sorts of different stuff. And so I think just since 2000, you've become more, more aware that it's it. going on, but I yeah. think it's always been there. You're right. And now that, and even as I was saying that, I was thinking about like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. A lot of Looney Tunes things are like plays on musicals. And it was, I when I hit the maturity level to catch them, that's when I thought that they'd become aware, but I guess they've always been I mean, there. but also like, I think it's probably better now than it's ever been. And I think it's more, it's smarter and more meta and overall just kind of cooler. But I think it's always to some extent, extent or other i think it's always been there so yeah i think that has to be the sell right like if you're if you're making a show for kids and it's too much for kids and not for adults then you change it that's the big difference between this and turbo it's like turbo is mostly a kids movie that like is just kind of a kids movie with some stuff for adults like you know if you're a fast and furious fan you got that scene and whatever but like this is a movie that you know made me laugh out loud several times like it just like like the two birds and like they bubble up from underground or like from underwater somewhere they bubble up and you know it looks like the one bird's farting it just goes i'm out of here like it's just like just like yeah. dumb <laughs> dumb jokes like that it's just so funny and like i laughed audibly a handful of times that like I, I enjoy Turbo but I did not laugh I don't think laugh out loud at Turbo I was just like yeah I, I enjoy this it, but this is a different class altogether it is Pixar is just running a master class on animation most of the time and like anything that they put out is just like incredible this one uh, best animated feature was Pixar's or first it was Disney's actually D- Disney's 
first animated film to win Best Animated Feature, which seems crazy. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what IMDb says, so... That's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I mean, like, there's been a lot of great Disney movies. That's very strange. This is a hint for maybe later, but this also just tracks, I think, anecdotally with what I've just seen in life, at least as of the time of this trivia, was... Finding Nemo is the best-selling DVD release of all time, having sold more than 40 million copies, which I'm sure if that was still true as of a couple years ago, like, people aren't buying DVDs anymore. But it feels like if you're going to own a movie... This is probably it, yeah. yeah. It's it's something for everyone. Like, I'm sure that grandparents own it, and kids, and millennials, everyone. I don't know that this is anybody's favorite Pixar. I'm sure it is, but, like, it's also probably, like, just in everybody's, like, top three Pixar movies. It's just, like, one of those where it's, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah Maybe yeah. it's not anybody's favorite of a thing, but it's always, like, oh, yeah, like, I would love to watch Finding Nemo a lot. Let me buy that on DVD. I definitely know people that really, really, really love it, so... And the only other trivia, and this is something kind of sort of related to us, is that there's a scene where Marlin hops on Crush's shell. He's a turtle. Crush says, don't puke on my shell, I just waxed it. Is a reference to Turtle Wax, which is a car wash, car uh, wax brand. So a little bit is. of a fast connection, sort of, kind of there. So pretty cool. I thought that I thought that it was a reference to um like surfing, like he just waxed his board type situation. I think it, yeah. I think that's the thing, but I think it's also just that it's a turtle and waxing. I think it's a little bit of column Makes A, sense. a little bit of column B, right? So any other notes or anything else or any other fast connections that you saw before we play a couple games? Obviously, Finding Nemo is an excellent movie, but I was I was like I don't I don't know how fast or furious Marlin and Nemo are right now. Nemo looks a little slow, and Marlin seems a little skittish. Should be slow Oof. and skittish. Also just reminded me of um, the song in Baby Driver. Was he slow? No. Was he, <laughs> was he slow? No. All right, Joe, let us watch the trailer for Finding Nemo. If you scroll up a little bit, it's right there. From Movie Clips Classic Trailer. So if you search on YouTube, Finding Nemo Trailer... The first thing that has, like, 10 million views is just, like, from some account called Q, which even okay. taking QAnon out of the situation, like, I just... The, the second hit is movie clips, and there's far fewer views, but, like, I just would rather go to, like, the legitimate thing as opposed to just, like, some dude who, like, uploaded a trailer, right? So... Movie clips is our bread and butter here. Man. Finding Nemo 2003 trailer number one, movie clips classic trailers. Tell me whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. Nice little two-minute trailer, a little bit shorter than the normal 2.30 that we're used to. Old Disney pictures. Pixar. It's the old, old Disney thing, yeah. From the Academy Award-winning creators of Toy Story. I feel like Disney's had to have one best animated feature before. I don't know what that I feel like, yeah. That just seems crazy. Right, Unless Dory. it was a newer category and they never time. had one in a limited time. I don't know. I'll look that up, though, after we're done here. I know. Yeah. Have you seen Finding Dory or no? No, I have never seen it. I, I heard bad things, though. I heard that it wasn't as good. Yeah. It's not as good, but it's still good. I mean, it's a Pixar movie, right? So. Yeah. Came out like 13 years later, I think. It's just, you know. Dory's not my favorite character in this movie. Like, there's everything no, else definitely is more not. interesting. That's so. what I'm saying, too, yeah. Okay. Dory's not my favorite character in this Here's movie. There could have been so many more you interesting right things. right here, swim in a little circle, forget to yourself. I'll be right back. I'm gonna Is this a trailer? I don't know. It's like a clip. It's like actually a movie clip. But movie clip says trailer number one. Hang on, let me find the other one. All right, let's go to Q, Finding Nemo trailer. Two minutes and 13 seconds. Let's see what this is, because that was... Okay, this this starts out. Preview. But that one did too, so I don't know. All right, three, two, one, play. We have that last time that we had from the Academy Award-winning Toy Story, so... And we have had some bad luck lately with these. Stop, I yeah. To I like the seagulls, too. They're fun. Mine. Don't. Mine. Mine. Sudden Mine. Moves. Hop inside my mouth if you want to live. All right, yeah, here we really go. Did. This is this is more this like is it. This is it. Yeah. Although for a second there, like in that like sort of extended opening thing, I was like, is this just this scene? I love this song too. Somewhere beyond the sea. Oh, I've got trivia about this movie, but trivia about this song. I will. Oh, the crossing guard. Seventy-one percent of the Earth's surface is covered by water. That's a big place. To find one fish. It was like 3.1 trillion fish. He's looking for one. Yeah. The sharks is a fun thing that they're called, kind of like an AA too. I like that a lot. 
to find Nemo. Let's ask for directions. No! What is it with men and asking for directions? Oh, we'll take a miracle. I like anglerfish too. I when I was watching a lot of Planet Earth or Blue. Planet. That's like the la it's like a lantern fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting him back. They're terrifying. They're so weird. Yeah, this is much better. Much, much better. This is weird that this is kind of like an in-between place where it's like they're still pitching it as a Disney movie, you know? I don't remember when Disney bought Pixar, but I think that they were just like distributing Pixar movies. Like this is before they bought Pixar. Yeah, I think there were different too. companies. Now yeah. they're you know now everything's just Disney. C it S E A. Uh huh. There's your fart joke. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Finding Nemo. Yeah, Disney Pixar. Fine. Yeah. So the Bobby Darren song "Beyond the Sea" has been used in like a million things. Like it was used in yes. Goodfellas. There, what is noteworthy to me, the one that stands out to me, the first, like one of my all-time favorite episodes of the X Files in season one, which is like episode fifteen, maybe called "Beyond the Sea." Um, okay. It's an episode spoiler uh, where Scully's dad dies. Um, so Scully, like the the show, the main character Mulder and Scully. So Scully is Gillian Anderson, and like we don't we don't know her dad, but like her dad shows up, and like before the opening credits, her dad dies. In that, like Beyond the Sea plays a really pivotal role in that episode, and I just love that so much. And the episode's named after it, and so like in my head, it's always kind of attributed to that, even though I know it's been in a million things. Yeah, take from the song La Mary. Oh, because it's also uh, in Lost season one. Shannon sings it. Because oh. she said, remember, she was when she was a nanny, when she was an au pair, she actually references Finding Nemo. Um, you know, she learned uh. to speak French by watching Finding Nemo a lot because, you know, she's like, I know this. Why do I know this? Oh, that's right. Finding that's Nemo. So right. Yeah, so she sings the original French version, which I guess is by Charles Trenet. So. Very cool. Nice fact. Nice tie in there. I, I forgot, like it, but now it all comes together. All right, Joe, the letterbox game, Mad Max Fury Road, Ooh. for reference sake, has been seen by 665 thousand people finding nemo 2003 directed by andrew stanton starring albert brooks ellen degeneres alexander gold oh by the way so the guy who plays nemo voices nemo is nancy botwin's younger son on weeds i don't know if you've ever watched weeds no i didn't it breaks my brain to know that this is the it's the same because like, he's just like such a like dirtbag kind of weird kid on that show and for him to be like this sweet innocent like eight or nine year old voicing or probably even maybe even younger voicing Nemo, like, I was just like, oh boy. But yeah, Alexander Gould, shout out to you, uh, Shane Botwin on Weeds, Jesus Christ. But starring Albert Brooks, Ellen DeGeneres, Alexander Gould, Willem Dafoe, Brad Garrett, Allison Janney has been seen by how many people? This gotta be my biggest guess ever, just because I, I can't imagine it's anything low. Sure. okay. I'm gonna go, even on Letterboxd, I'm gonna go 420,000. Gotta go higher. That's my guess. Higher. 550,000. Gotta go higher. Really? Jesus. 625. Gotta go higher. 650. Gotta go higher. 675? 659. 658963. So it's basically on Mad Max pace. Like, this is one that, you know, we could be using this. Obviously. Yeah. As the reference point. Average rating of 4.05. Most common rating of 4, then a 5, then a 4.5. How many people have this in their top 4? Also has to be a ridiculous number. 12,000. Way, way lower. I thought it was going to be high. I thought we would get a lot of people that had it in there, and that's a ton. I guess that's still a super high percentage. 750. Higher. Okay. I made two wildly different guesses. 1,200. I was going to say you're much closer to the second one. It is. The answer is... Do I have an exact number here or no? I don't have an exact number, but it's 1.1K, so around 1,100, so... Okay. 1,100 out of the 660,000 people. That's sort of, I guess, yeah, less than insane. you might think, but, yeah. I thought there was going to be, like, a lot of people, like, that, like, really love... Like, this has to be a top-four movie for a ton of people, so, yeah. Well, I would... There's, you know, there's pages and pages and pages. I found one... Like, it's, it, it's hard to find... I don't know what angle to take with this game, because I feel like there's one where it's, like, three sort of weird movies in this, or, like, 
three animated movies or like it's all kind of so i found biff underscore w at biff underscore w still my favorite animated film of all time every character is likable the entire film looks amazing the score may be my favorite in any film there are quite a few funny jokes the emotional beats all land the chase scenes are really fun the ending is one of my favorites in any pixar film i just adore this entire movie and i could never really put it into words five stars i will say that when they're running away from bruce that kind of feels like a race a little bit like it's not perfectly a race but yeah i can see it biff w has this in his top four it is his third favorite movie of all time his number two movie is one of the uh, on the mount rushmore of this game pulp fiction no avengers endgame very close but no uh, very close to avengers endgame but no mad max fury road nope you're way too far away. Very close to Avengers Endgame. Is it Avengers, but not Endgame? Infinity War. Avengers Infinity yes. War is his number two favorite movie. So Avengers Infinity War number two, Finding Nemo number three. Okay. Number one is a science fiction, a recent science fiction movie based on a book. Annihilation? No. That's a good guess. The Martian? Yep. The Martian. Cool. Number okay, one. Cool. And then number two is a movie that I have been... Um, teased for liking as much as I do, but I stand steadfast and true. This is why I picked this one. Uh, I think this fourth movie of his, his fourth favorite movie, is a literally a perfect movie. Oh, I know what it is. Go for it. Paddington 2. Paddington 2! The Martian, Avengers Infinity War, Finding Nemo, Paddington 2, Biff W, Biff Weed on Twitter. That's a good lineup. That's a fun mix. Yeah, Finding Nemo. And shout out once again to Haley for picking this one for us. Yes, thank you, Haley, for picking it. Uh, obviously, Finding Nemo is great. Yep. And... I- I need to, like, force myself to watch more of these Pixar movies. Well, especially considering you were, like, last week saying about how much you liked Turbo, it's like, or, you know, last episode talking about Turbo. Turbo's, like, like, so much lighter, right? Like, it was, like, not as heavy. Because it's not as good. Like, it's just, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely not as good. Like, I like Cars, but I don't think Cars is as heavy either, right? The third Cars is... uh, Cars touches on I just saw the first one. Cars 1's good, Cars 3 is good, Cars 2 is not very good. Cars 2 is probably the worst Pixar movie, but... Okay. Alright, so next week, we are back on our regularly scheduled programming. Nico and Kevo here to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. The final Fast and the Furious movie for them, that's right. We've still got more episodes with them, at least one more, with the Crossroads game, and then also they're going to come back for the tune-up relap recap, but Hobbs and Shaw, the final movie, to your point. Final movie, final Fast and Furious movie. Very exciting. That is very exciting. Then on Friday of next week we are doing another patron pick a pick from jake freer we are doing spider-man 3 spider spider-man spider-man 3 spider-man 3 the toby Maguire ones you got it oh that's cool i dig it because he uh kind of goes through has sort of a little amnesia in that and uh oh i don't remember is that the dr octopus one no i don't think so three is what three is three is where he has yeah Three is where uh, he like he gets taken over by the suit and like just be- changes personalities. Oh. There's the whole jet. Like people do not like three. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I remember one. Two, like a lot of people say that two is like one of the best uh, superhero movies of all time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Three is uh, less well regarded than that. Makes sense. We'll have a uh, fun guest. We're not gonna have Mister Third times for it. It is the third Ooh. in trilogy, but we're gonna have a fun guest for it. Ooh. assuming schedules work out, but we will talk about that next time. But Joe, any other final thoughts about Finding Nemo before we pack it up? No, I sh- should have been better at the letterbox game. You did well at the letter. Oh, you mean that the other, at the guessing the numbers? Because I think guessing yeah. the movies you did pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guessing the movies I did better than usual, but the numbers one I should have done a lot better, I think. It's, uh, very, it's very funny that it was almost identical in number to Mad Max. Like, if you had just guessed the Mad Max number, you would have been like, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, that's, yep, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. For all things, too fast, too forever, you're going to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com come back next week for a double dose of hobbs and shaw and spider-man 3 i don't know if those movies have anything in common other than we're going to talk about both next week so i don't know cool <laughs> i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll tell you all about it when we see you